Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time to take a look around the NFL with John McClain from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610. Here's your boy Q. And John McClain joins us now on the phone lines as he does each and every Tuesday at this time. And John, we definitely appreciate your time as always, my man. And uh, as we go into week four of the NFL season, only the Raiders and Texans have not found a way to win a game, but the Texans at least have a tie under their belt. The Raiders do not. How much do you know and learn about a team in the first four weeks of the season uh, these, these past few years? Well, first of all, I believe the Raiders have lost three by 13. Is that right? Yeah, just about that. Right. A small handful of numbers. And including the the incredible uh, comeback by the uh, Cardinals. Mm -hmm. Texans have lost. They tied the Colts. They they lost by seven at Denver, and then they lost by three on the last play at Chicago. So the Texans were supposed to be in this range. So we're not really surprised the Raiders won't. You know, the key is if the Raiders win a close game, that'll help them so much. They don't. I know fans would love to see a blowout, but I think what they need to do is win a close one to see they can win close ones. Because you know, in that division, they're going to play a lot of close games. I thought they'd beat the Titans. Titans were a team ripe to be beaten. Got a lot of players out, and somehow they come back fell short. But uh, the Raiders got too much talent to be bad. When it's all said and done, they're not going to be in the running for the top pick. I don't think so, but right now they have it, right? Right now they have the the top pick after three weeks. Of course, it's a very long season, 14 games still guaranteed to go. And, and John, we were talking about the preseason and and the lack of starters playing in the preseason. And, you know, me and you have talked about this before, about not really understanding who a team is until those first four four games of the season is played. Uh, Is that something that you think maybe the, the Raiders are just getting their sea legs underneath them after not playing in the preseason? You've seen the games. I have not. It depends on the way they're losing them. I think the one against Arizona, you know, that was a gift for, from God for the Cardinals, for them to pull that game out. There's no business falling behind Ryan Tannehill and the Titans the way they did. You know, Derrick Henry didn't get 100 yards. I think he had 88. But they should have won that game. They got too much offense, too much firepower to uh, be in that position. And it looks to me like What's happening to the Raiders, a lot of it's mental. And Derek Carr, he's got to lead the way. He's the guy that can't make mistakes. He's got to cash in when they get within scoring distance because that schedule is going to be difficult. It's not mm-hmm. going to ease up. You know, really, they should have beaten the Titans. They should have beaten Arizona. And who'd they lose to in the first game? The Chargers. And the Chargers. You know, the Chargers were good then. Now the Chargers... I'm sure they'd like to play them again right now while the Chargers are hurting as much as they are. But I think the Raiders will bounce back. They just got too much talent to be in last place. Well, this week they have the Denver Broncos. They're coming to town playing at Allegiant Stadium, and they haven't looked great either. They have found a way to win two games. But what are your thoughts on on Denver early on? The Broncos scored one touchdown to beat the Texans, and uh, but they limited the Texans to three field goals. Nathaniel Hackett had a terrible game as coach. I mean, he was awful. Now, they didn't have any of those snafus with that guy they brought in, but Russell Wilson has had one good drive in each of the last two games. He is not the Russell Wilson we were accustomed 
sitting in Seattle. There is no excuse for the Raiders to lose this game, especially at home. Talking right now with John McClain here from gallerysports.com, also from Sports Radio 610 here on NSA Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, John, the way the AFC South has been looking, I know it's only been three games in the division. It wasn't the AFC West where people would say, hey, man, this is going to be a juggernaut. But have you been surprised at how good the Jacksonville Jaguars have looked? Just Have they jumped out to be the leaders in the AFC South? DeMond, if there's anybody in the NFL, including in Jacksonville, who says they're not surprised <laughs> that the Jaguars are 2-1, and one, coming off a 28-point victory at the Chargers. They are ball-faced liars. Nobody saw this. How in the world they lost to the Commanders in the first game is beyond me because they won their last two 24-0 and 38-10. I will see them uh, in Jacksonville in two weeks. And I can't wait. Trevor Lawrence is playing like a franchise quarterback. Their running game is good. They get good defense. And right now, if you had to pick a coach of the year, right now, the guy I would take is, is Matt Eberflus because the Bears are 2-1 and one with terrible play by Justin Fields. But that's not going to last. The Bears are going to be bad. Or Jacksonville might be able to sustain it. To be 2-1 and one right now in those two victories in the last two games over the Colts and uh, the Chargers, two teams predicted to uh, make the playoffs, is pretty astonishing. There's a pretty good coach, uh, or at least some coaching job going on right now in, uh, in South Beach with the, with the Dolphins as they're 3-0 and right now. Uh, what have you seen from Coach McDaniel and, and Tua, who we don't know what's going on with Tua, but uh, just what they've done so far getting off to the 3-0 and start? Keep in mind that Tua Tungvaluwa has had injury issues ever since he started playing football, mm-hmm. going back to Alabama. I never thought for a second he's going to play every game. Now, he's got a back issue. When he fell down after hitting his head, everybody thought he had a concussion. And someone who had back surgery, major back surgery, there were times that my back would go out and I'd collapse to the side, too, like I was some drunk at 2 o'clock on Saturday night. <laughs> and... um if that game was not Thursday, he'd play, but, man, they're going to have to shoot him up big time if they think they're going to get him ready. I think it's very interesting The two teams, and I'm writing a column about this for Thursday for gallerysports.com, which does not have a paywall. It is free. And this column I'm writing is about what do Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungvaluwa have in common? There's three things. Their teams are unbeaten. They played at Alabama. And this time of year ago, their teams didn't want them. They wanted Deshaun Watson. Both of them pursued Watson. And don't you know they are ecstatic that those trades never went through. Yeah, no, they really are. And I'm glad you brought up Jalen Hurts. I like what him and the Eagles are doing right now. And uh, I know we talked about Jalen last week, but, John, I I just every week I'm really impressed by what I see with Jalen. He just looks like he's really – the game has slowed down, I guess is the cliche word to say. It seems like the game has slowed down for Jalen. What are your thoughts on him? As he did at Alabama and then Oklahoma, he improved every year. This is his third year. He is a different quarterback. He's, they don't want him running all the time. He had, I think, 345 yards passing, three touchdowns, no turnovers, and he ran well when he had to. They were the number one rushing team last year. Then they had uh, A.J. Brown to go with uh, Devontae Smith, and they got an incredible duo of wide receivers, they got a tight end, they got a good offensive line. You know, I'm thinking of this, of the Eagles, a legitimate 
Super Bowl team in the NFC right up there with Green Bay and Tampa Bay, neither of them very good, and the defending Super Bowl champion Rams. We would have to say right now, yes. But keep in mind, every year there are a team or two that jump out in September and they fade. It's not what you do in September and October. It's what you do November, December, and now January. With Lamar Jackson, his play has been outstanding. I mean, I think he's leading the league in passing touchdowns and top five in rushing. Do you, not that it's going to be sustainable that he's probably on a pace to have 60 touchdowns. He's probably <laughs> not going to be that. But if he is somewhere in that MVP conversation, do you think that a deal just has to get made at the end of the season? Demond, that depends on what he's asking for. If he's asking for lots of guaranteed money, they're not going to do it. Because the team that does it, then that point... Right now, you can say Watson's guarantee at 230 is an outlier. It's not the benchmark. And Tyler Murray was okay with that. Russell Wilson was okay with that. Lamar Jackson's not. If he's offered, say, $175 million guaranteed, but he still wants 230 can he be comfortable with 175 Sometimes it's about ego. When you say, i got to be paid the best, and they could have a problem. I know this, the longer it goes, the more they're going to have to pay him. And right now, he looks like the MVP. At one point, he's able to nine yards carry and nine yards per attempt. Not bad at all. Talking with John McClain from GalleriesSports.com, also Sports Radio 610, here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. How about Michael Parsons? I know he was a little under the weather last night, so he wasn't on, on top of his A game, but his season that he's put together so far, John, has been fantastic. He was runner-up last season uh, to Aaron Donald for Defensive Player of the Year. What have you thought about Mike, Michael Parsons in his short career? He's been a tremendous addition. I noticed last night they showed that they lined him up at four different spots. A lot of people are talking about him as Lawrence, comparing him to Lawrence Taylor. Well, first of all, that's an insult to Taylor. He's off to the kind of start Lawrence Taylor had, but he's not in Lawrence Taylor's class and won't be till he plays multiple years and wins multiple Defensive Player of the Year awards. But, man, oh, man, how good he is. It was a great scouting job by the Cowboys. He's dominant. He has to be accounted for on every play. And Miles Garrett, is very fortunate not to be injured or killed in that wreck. He is also a leading candidate for NFL Defensive Player of the Year. And I was watching a video a while ago that was on the uh, the uh, EMT guy's uh, shoulder when they came to Garrett. And if he doesn't miss some games after that, it's going to be a miracle. But I think it's coming down to those two. And right now, Parsons, because he plays for the Cowboys and all those nationally televised games, he gets so much well-deserved attention. I think that will benefit him when the voting is cast. You retweeted a tweet from Andrew Brandt about there may be lawyers involved with uh, Sterling Shepard as he had that injury just mm. running on the turf last night in the Giants game. And now that's something that players and opposing coaches have also raised concerns about in the past. But is there a recourse for players or teams to basically get mad at the Giants or the stadium? Who who do you take that issue up with when it seems that the turf is the issue? It's his own. It's his own team, and it's just painful to watch him running down the field, not even at full speed, boom, he goes down like he'd been shot. I've seen this before. I saw it with Jadeveon Clowney here, saw it with Wes Welker here, and uh, the everybody wants to play on grass, and that's fine, but this artificial surf, turf they have right now, players love it. It's as soft as grass, 
and it's been approved by the league. And every field has to be approved before a game by a representative from the NFL. So I think instead of suing the Giants, he'd sue the NFL. But he's not going to get anywhere with it because they'd say, well, that's the kind of thing y'all should have bargained in the CBA. Right, and that's I've I've seen a lot of players uh, talk about those uh, those turf surfaces that they don't like and what's going on uh, there with the Giants and their stadium. Of course, what DC was that the other place, John, that everyone hated the field was DC uh, for Washington. Used yes, and used to when teams shared uh, stadiums with baseball teams as the Oilers did with Astros. Every team that came to Houston would file a protest with the league because of the bad surface, mm. and it was terrible, just terrible. They wouldn't allow players on that surface today. It's amazing more of them didn't blow out their knees. But that thing was so painful to watch Shepard yeah. uh, last night because he wasn't doing anything but minding his own business. Last one for me, John. All right, the time jump happened in House of the Dragons. What did you think? i tell you what, I, as someone who watched every episode of Game of Thrones, and I like to read about them, and somebody pointed out, uh, one of the critics, that they had traded the sex scenes of Game of Thrones for birthing scenes in House of the Dragons. We've had two scenes where babies were being born that were graphic and, and just amazing. And uh, I, I, I watched House of the Dragons, but I would like to see more of the fighting, of the action, and less of the backstabbing that goes on. I thought I wasn't going to like to jump in the new actresses playing the two main characters, but the truth is, come on, as soon as I watched them for five minutes, I forgot they hadn't been on there the whole time. I'll tell you right now, I don't want to see any kind of birthing scenes. Uh, as a guy who's been there, done that multiple times in real life, no thank you. <laughs> no thank you. Well, you could be a critic. Watch the first episode and say what they did wrong. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'll definitely do that, John. Hey, before we let you go, I, I saw the tweet that you put out about your wife, Carol, being in Fort Myers, riding out uh, Hurricane Ian, uh, boarding up the house and everything. I just want you to know, John, our prayers are with you and the family, man, because that's, that's something that's something that hit you right here in the heart, man. Thank you very much, Q. We have a place there, and she went over there a week ago to stay two weeks, and I told her to come home three days ago, but she never listens to me, so I didn't think she'd listen then, but she's gone out. She loves cats. She went to the store and got bags and bags of cat litter to put around the windows and the doors so we don't get flooded. Okay, well, hey, she's got a plan, but like I said, man, we're definitely our thoughts and prayers Thank are with you, you guys. Much, no doubt, no doubt. That. What do you what do you, you have? have a, what do you have I've coming got, up on gal- Gallery Sports? I've got the column about uh, Justin Herbert is injured, and if they don't want him to take any hits from the Texans, just don't have him throw a pass. There's no need. Texans are giving up over 200 yards a game rushing, so just run the ball, never pass. There you go. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, John. I appreciate you. Have a great week, my man. Thank you guys very much as always. Absolutely. There he goes. John McClain, gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610. And yeah, uh, his wife is is in Fort Myers, as you heard him say. You know, they they have a place down there and uh, riding out that hurricane, man, Hurricane Ian. So we definitely, uh, our, our thoughts and prayers are with uh, the McClain family because, man, that's that's some scary stuff right there. So hopefully everything works out just fine. He said that they got cat litter and she's got she got a plan. She's got a plan, and like he said, she never listens to him anyway, so there's that. 316 is the time. Take a quick break. Come back. Give it back to your calls and texts. Got a lot to get to in a short amount of time. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Maybe a change of scenery 
for whatever reason, will help his career out if he gets to the right place in the right system with the right team because that Raider mystique thing that that hovers over that organization, he's a part of. And it makes it seem like he's not a good quarterback, and that's not true at all. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. At that part of... Part of the, the season already, talking about change of scenery. That was Keyshawn Johnson right there from NFL Live on ESPN talking about Derek Carr saying maybe a change of scenery for him would be great for his career because that Raider mystique is hovering over him and it's not helping him out right now. Jason and Marilyn hit us up on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Why do people keep bringing up Carr? Other than the first game, Carr hadn't fumbled or dropped passes, specifically this past game. What more does Carr need to do? Why he didn't make... Why uh he didn't uh, why didn't oh why didn't Mark bring up the defense spotting the twenty four points two out of three games but he brings up Carr getting all animated I don't understand at all Jason and Maryland and you know I think that's a good question because the defense has only played uh, a half of each game right they'll 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 play twenty or they'll they'll shut out a, a, the Cardinals in one half and then they'll give up twenty nine points in the second half and then also in uh, overtime and then this last game. 24 points to the Titans and then shut them out in the second half. So it's it's a tale of two halves for the defense as well. And there's obviously a disconnect. And I think that everything that he said about the offense, I think goes to the defense as well. You know, they're just not on the same page. Uh, Patrick Graham is playing that soft zone, which, you know, drives me kind of crazy. I don't understand why he does that. Uh, and you heard Mark talking about that uh, press man cover. Sometimes you just got to get up in the grill and slap someone around. Sometimes you got to do that. And, and, of course, slap someone around. We don't mean that in a violent way. We're talking about in a press man, just throw the throw the route off type of way. And that's something that I agree with 100%. I think someone, I think everyone really, Jason, to answer your question without being able to answer for everybody, I feel like most people are just talking about Derek Carr to take the team and put them on his back and do it, you know, basically lead them like he did last year, right? When they needed, when they were in desperate need of a leader to help to get them over the hump, and win games for him, he was able to do that. And I think we gave him a lot of praise for that last season, right? And obviously it hasn't it hasn't translated yet this season as the team is 0-3 and there's been multiple times and multiple opportunities, whether it was needed or not, that the Raiders have had opportunities to win the games. You know, I mean, I guess the Cardinals should have never got to that. There's no reason, if the if the Raiders are up 20 nothing at halftime, no reason why you tell me, oh, Q, by the way, this game goes overtime. No way. I'll tell you you're crazy. But it did. It happened, right? And there's no way... Last week, that the Titans were up 24 to whatever they're up, 24-3, whatever the score is at halftime. I don't know what it was. It was just out of control that I, you're going to tell me that the Titans are going to come out in the second half and not score anything. I was like, yeah, right. They're going to score, and they're going to pad the lead, and they didn't. So, again, the Raiders were in that position. It's just it's so weird and so strange, and a lot of it is the same issues as we talked about in the first segment of the show. A lot of the same issues they've had for years, but they just – they have to find a way to put together four quarters of a game. But when it comes to people criticizing Derek Carr, I think really at this point it's just take this team and put them on his back and take them to the next step, take them to the next level, help them win a game. I think that's what they really people really want to see the most, and they want to see it from the leader. And when you're the quarterback of a team, you're going to catch more hell than you're not. I mean, you're, you're expected to be that guy, especially when you saw a performance from Justin Herbert. You saw week one. You saw Kyler Murray week two. And you saw Ryan Tannehill look like Joe Montana last week. I mean, it's just simple as that. He looked fantastic for most of the game. So there's that. Let's go out to the phone lines and talk to our guy, Hardcore Raider. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. 
Hey, what's up, Q Dog? How you doing, brother? Chilling, man. Chilling. All right. So I guess my take is uh, someone who you know once loved and probably still does love the silver and black said, "I want better execution." Right? Yep. Well, when that person left our organization, uh, Carr said that someone had to step up to be that guy, and he became that guy. Right? But this is you know how many years in the league for him to step up and take that leadership role and making how much money on a contract. So now he's got an extension. We're paying what 35 plus mil a year. And, you know, we got a tight window now to McDaniels and um, the GM's credit. You know, they said they want to build for long-term success. So there might be that element to all this, but um, which I do think is important to like factor into everything. But if we're going to be tied, if, if cars say the guy or not the guy, we're going to be tied up for three years. You know, if we keep this contract and that means that the other guys like Devonte Adams, we got a three-year window. So it comes down to is he the, the guy or not? Because now we have Derek Carr saying he's not perfect, and none of us are, right? But that he's not perfect, and that, you know, that essentially he was saying in the press conference that, you know, he likes that Josh McDaniels was getting on his butt and cracking him and stuff like that, essentially hard coaching or a foot in his tail kind of thing. But the reality is, like, it shouldn't take that. It shouldn't have taken all the stuff that happened to this team last year for Carr to step up to be that guy. Why would it have to be something when you're getting paid top-dollar money where the odds have to be stacked against you so much and all the craziness that happened last year for you to get to a point where you're like, well, I guess someone has to step up and might as well be me. So we're going to pay a quarterback top five quarterback money in the NFL, but he's going to produce 10 to 15, and sometimes he's a leader, sometimes not. There's no tenacity on the sidelines besides maybe Max Crosby, but like nobody's stepping up and getting this team fired up. Not like last year, and it should not take elements like what happened last year for him to step up to the plate. You know, and you and everybody else who in our careers, like either you step up to the plate and you get compensated for it later on in life, or you don't. You know, and we're at a we're at a critical point. This is this is very critical point for us as Raider fans. And this commitment to mediocrity, I don't agree with at all. We we get hyped, we're like, oh, we're excited, and then all of a sudden we get kicked in the groin, and then it's like, well, I guess we'll just accept, you know, the 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 table scraps. No, dude. We got some meat eaters out there, and us as Raider fans and as Raider Nation, we deserve better. We should not have to get to a point where we're just accepting it and taking all these excuses. Some are facts, but like taking excuses, where we are accepting commitment to mediocrity. It's commitment to excellence, and these guys got to bring it to the table, step up to the plate, and earn their paychecks. Good stuff, good stuff. Thank you for the call, my man. A lot of passion behind that. I hear you, and uh, yeah, you know, that's something that you want to see from the team. You want to see them all uh, want that commitment to excellence and want to all step up and 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 turn this thing around. And again, I mean, if you had told me before the season started that they were going to be zero and three and lose the way that they've lost the first three weeks, I'd have told you you're crazy. I'd have told you there's no way that that's going to happen. But here we are. So there's that. Jason and Maryland hit us back again on the Salmon Edge text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. And I have to laugh at this one. He said it's also frustrating how Tannehill looks like Joe Montana against us for his career. And that's that is that is facts. That is absolute facts. For some reason, and I am one of the biggest Ryan Tannehill not believers in. I've not been a, I haven't been a believer in Ryan Tannehill since he was at AM. I wasn't a, a believer in Tannehill when he was in Miami. I'm sure not a believer in Tannehill now. But every time he plays that silver and black team, man, he all of a sudden shows up like he is the greatest thing ever. I don't know what it is about that finger roll celebration, but it just looked extra disrespectful when Ryan Tannehill did it. Oh, it was. It was. It was definitely disrespectful in a whole nother level. Anything, anytime he does anything positive against the Raiders it's even more disrespectful because you know he's not that good but he's 5-0 and against the Raiders 
That's ridiculous. 5-0. and oh. There's just no reason. They make him look like, and it doesn't matter what regime it is, doesn't matter what defense it is. It's not like he played them five times this year. It's just, for some reason, Tannehill, I say it all the time, there's certain players and certain teams that have other teams' numbers. Some reason, Tannehill, he's got the number of the Raiders, and it drives me crazy. I'm with you 100%, Jason. Uh, Josh in L.A., you're up next. What's on your mind, dude? Hey, what's up, Creed? How you doing, man? Chilling, man, chilling. Good, man. I, you know, these past three weeks, this is, it's been hard as a Raider fan, man. I mean, what, last year we started 3-0, and and now we're 0-3. It's, it's reversible year this time, I guess. I don't know, man. And I don't know, I've just been noticing, honestly, this from this past game on the sideline, like, I just noticed, like, it seems like the chemistry is not there like it was last year. Like, Carr's not getting up, talking to the other players, you know, motivating, come on, dude, we gotta get in this, we gotta get in this, and I don't know, I just, I, I don't see that, like, I don't see that like every like the last time, I mean, last year it was okay, yeah, because of the adversity and everything that we went through, but it's like, but the players that are there, it should still have that chemistry with them, like the Crosby, and I understand there's new players there that are not feeling it, but like, I mean, come on, Devontae should throw the car, because they've been friends since ever since college, so, you know what I mean, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, and, I mean, hopefully we could, hopefully we get this one against Denver because let's be honest, Denver's not really looking good. They struggled against the Niners too. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But anyways, have a good one, man. Thanks. All right, great call, my man. I appreciate you. And yeah, I mean, they, they got to get things turned around. Denver doesn't look that good, but while they don't look that good, they still got a couple dubs, right? So they're still finding ways to win games. I don't think Russell Wilson's as good as he used to be. I think there's a reason why Seattle was okay with letting them go, even though, you know, they don't really have a good solution at, as a, you know, a fallback plan. Drew Locke's not a good, no, don't, don't, don't even go there, dude. Don't even skip Bayless me, man. Don't, don't give me that Drew Locke or Geno Smith. Look. DeMond was about to come on here and try to make an argument for one of those two clowns. Don't try to skip Bayless me, dude. This is not first take. This is not pardon your interruption or whatever the hell the names of those shows are. This is not that. Don't even go there. Can I just say the quote? Yeah, go for it. They wrote me off. I ain't right back. Come on, Q. <laughs> Jeez. Just ridiculous. I'll say this. This is what I wish, and maybe because Denzel Perryman's been out for a couple games. That's I'm not saying that Denzel Perryman is the end-all, be-all where he's the answer to all the, the problems, but I wish the Raiders had a vocal leader. You know, the guy that will go up and down the sideline and, and, and like Mark said, like I, I don't know about you. I appreciated Mark's fire when he was on. I appreciated that because if I'm in the locker room and I'm hearing a cat – talk to me like that I'm I'm like okay okay hold on <laughs> hold on man you ain't talking to me I'll show you right I mean and but that's my personality I can appreciate that if someone's gonna hit me with some fire like hell our, our boss might walk in afterwards like man your guys show sucked you need to step your game up and I'll take it personal and we'll come in tomorrow and it'll be a killer might do it anyway just to do it <laughs> right but no I mean that, I mean seriously like that's I I would like to see someone on that sideline like Mark said, grab some face masks. Tell him to, you know, step the F up. Like, that's what, I mean, those were the, his words, not mine. I would like to see someone say that, have that kind of approach. I know coaches can't really necessarily coach like that anymore because it's, you know, frowned upon and players are different than they were back in the day where that was kind of the way of, I get it, right? But you see, you know, Quinn and Williams on the sideline getting fired up with the Jets and getting into it with his coach. I'm not saying go fire up and get fired up at your coach, but can someone have that kind of fire and fire up on their teammates? Can someone come off the sideline and be like, damn it, sack his ass. Get him. I understand he's fast, but get him. Can so I mean, you know what I mean? Like, 
And and believe me, I would use different words if we weren't on the radio. But I'm just saying, like, can someone come with some fire? Or catch the damn ball? Or have a Keyshawn Johnson? Can someone be a Keyshawn Johnson type guy and just be like, give me the damn ball. Get me the rock. Go all the way Des Bryant on him. Go all the way T.O. I don't care. I would like someone to have that fire where it's like, okay, this is enough. Enough is enough. Give it to me. If these cats don't want it, give it to me. I would like to see that. Now, I know every locker room don't operate like that. I get it. I know every player doesn't react the same way. I get it. I'm old. I'm 45. I'm blessed. Right? I'm okay with that. That's, that's what I could appreciate. I would like to see that myself and see some, you know, and see the reaction there. You know, like Josh Jacobs. I feel like Josh Jacobs could be a dude like that. What did he say in that Cardinals game? Yeah, I felt it slipping away. I was on the sideline telling these guys. I'd like to see more of that. Raider Fish in Berkeley, you're up next. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what ain't on my mind? <laughs> uh, good afternoon. Top of the day <laughs> to you fellas. Oh, man. Hey, here's my uh, unique Berkeley take. <laughs> the nation, we frustrated at our balance. But let me, let me, let me clarify the clarification. We're balanced on losing. I mean, in my opinion, outside of the ownership, you know, there's about eight components to a successful uh, team. You got the three sides of the ball and the respective coordinators at six. All right. The seventh piece is the head coach and the eighth piece is the front office. Well, these past three L's that we have taken, man, you pick any one or any combination of those eight is why we lost. So we don't know who to blame. I mean, we know who to blame, but it's so many. I mean, it's a unique situation that we're so balanced, meaning everybody's contributing to these losses. And that's why everybody's trying to rip their wig off their head right now. Uh, it, it's just frustrating as all get out. You know, all the, oh, what we did in the past. That's what we did in the past. It don't matter. We here now. So, hey, I don't, I don't have a solution. I'm just trying to then make an observation that we're balanced in losing. You pick. I mean, even special teams contributed to a loss uh, in San Diego. And I'm just pointing out special teams because they're probably the ones that's least culpable in all of this. But the other seven, the front office, I mean, you got two potential starters that go down on the old line in the front office seem like to say, well, I guess we'll figure the stuff out uh, when the season starts. I could go on. You know what? I'm not going to go on and on. There's eight components, and you could blame all eight, and it's frustrating as hell. Let's go, Raiders. <laughs> I don't even know what he said, <laughs> but I just want to make sure because <laughs> I think he said 430, but it's not 430. It's only 330. <laughs> Raider Fish, you're going to make us take a break, dude. <laughs> yeah, brother was fired up, though. <laughs> I don't know where it came from either. My man, my man went in spurts. <laughs> I'll just give you a behind-the-scenes look real quick. Myself and Damon are both sweating right now. <laughs> I just don't know. I don't either. So when you don't know, it's better to just... Yeah. Yeah, just... <laughs> oh, man. Thank you for the call, my man. Let's go out to Raider Mac. Welcome to the show. I don't even know what to say. Hey, Q. Yeah. Damon. Yeah. Man, that was funny. <laughs> hey, Q, I, I just want to say this, man. I think... I think the problem, one of the, the biggest problem is, is you know, 
I, I, I heard you saying um, earlier about um, uh, the NFL Network and the, uh, they were talking about the the Raiders why they they don't think they should have been they shouldn't be zero three. Yeah. No, they are zero three. What Bill Parcells said: You are what you are. Your mm-hmm. record is what you are, and that's what we are. We, we got to face the fact those three teams beat us. And they were better than us that sun, on on that particular Sunday. But my thing is, stop make we got to stop making all these excuses for um, for for Derek Carr and the rest of the whole team. It's not just him; it's everybody. But here's the thing: go look at Jacksonville. They didn't play their players in the pre their starters in the preseason. They got a new coach. They got they got an all new. They got some new players also. So and they 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 went they came to the Chargers and destroyed the Chargers. I mean that game wasn't even close, and it could have been worse than it was. So my thing is stop making excuses. We've been around twenty years, like I said, and we 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 got five winning seasons. Here's the thing. Here's the biggest thing for me as a Raider fan, and a longtime fan, is that no matter who we put out there, from Derek Carr before and other players. We still have that mentality of losing. We we won close games and lost close games, but we lost majority of the, of the time. We just don't get over the hump for some reason. Our expectation, and one thing you said early in preseason, and I said the same thing, was that the expectation was high. Can we live up to it? And we're not living up to it. I know the season is still young, but Q, you cannot go into the bye 0-6 or it's over for real. Right. No, no, no. And and it would it would be 0 and 5 if they would because they they go on the bye after the Kansas City game which is Monday night football. But to your point, I understand completely what you you're talking about right there. Uh yeah, I, I hate to say that, you know, must win is coming up on Sunday. Uh but I felt a must win was coming up last Sunday against Tennessee and it didn't happen. So at some point, you've got to find a way to get over the hump and, and make it happen. And again, uh, it's the things that has been plaguing the team for a long time that is still plaguing the team. And so how do they get over that hump? How does Josh McDaniels, how does Patrick Graham, how does Carmen Brasillo, how does all, you know, all these guys, Coach, uh, Coach McMahon, how do they all get over the hump and say, okay, this is how we're going to eliminate this problem now? That's what they've got to figure out. That is what is so frustrating. That's why, again, I'm going back to, you know, the sidelines and a, and a vocal leader. Sometimes you just need to have that guy that, you know, you could follow he's like the loudest dude in the room, but you know that, hey, he's got he's got something, you know, he's got something to say. And that's why I went immediately to Denzel Perryman because he's kind of his own dude, right? He's a different guy. He's not, and I don't know him personally. Like, I'm not, I don't want anyone to think like I hang out with dude. I don't. But he's got his own little swagger to himself, you know. He's he's wearing beanie caps in the in the you know hundred degree weather, you know whatever. But he's his own dude. But when it comes down to playing ball, and you hear him talk about it, I mean, the dude is so smart. When it comes to ball, what he's saying makes all the sense in the world. So that to have that vocal leader not only on the sideline with you, but on the field with you, sometimes it makes you feel more comfortable. Okay, I got my guy with me. Denzel's been out the last two games. I think that that's been something that has hurt this Raiders defense. Are there guys that are out there playing as well? Yeah, sure. But that guy, not having that leader that you can look at and count on, I think that, I think that, that means something. So... Uh, yeah, th- thanks for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And uh, thanks to my man, Raider Fish in Berkeley as well. I found out he was saying frustrated as hell. That's what he said. So that that uh, makes me feel better now. <laughs> I, uh, myself and Damon, we're both sweating uh, that call there. But uh, let's go out and get one more call. Let's uh, talk to our guy, Raider X. Welcome to the show. Hey, if they only had Richie Incognito still, he'd shake it up. Okay. I- 
I, I definitely think so. Hey, I, I just wanted to kind of uh, change the subject into something else. I, I'd like to know from uh, Raider Nation, what at what point would it would it would it have to get to to start to stop talking about car or you know change the direction or start talking about you know moving on. You know, what does it have to go to? I mean, do they do they have to go ahead and start and spin us around and go two and zero before the before uh, the, the the you know the the break, or they lose another two, and we go into the bye, you know, with another uh, zero, you know, zero and two, you know, zero oh and two. I mean, and the people are going to start saying, you know what? Maybe Carr has all the tools, he has all the horses, and he's not getting it done. Maybe we need to sit there and change it up and bring somebody that's familiar with the system. Maybe we start still. Because it looks like the offense is just cocky. It, it, it's not blowing. Something's up. You know, he did it with Mac Jones. Let's see what flows. I mean, I'd like to know, where do we go? I mean, if he wins two in a row, do we say, oh, you know what? They got it together. Hey, but you know what? Let's jump on the train. It, it's, it's all clicking now. Or is it that too? I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, where everybody's at because we're on the edge. Everybody's on the edge, bro. Right. And, and they are. Thank you for the call. I appreciate you. I think everyone's on the edge because, like I said, they haven't seen the dub yet. When you see a dub and maybe a couple dubs, then all of a sudden you, you back up off the off the ledge a little bit. Uh, it, it's hard to be, what, one of two teams in the league with no wins, right? The Raiders don't have a win. The Texans don't have a win. But the Texans are expected to be bad. It, go, it goes back to your expectations that you were talking about. Like the Raiders going into the season, like I said, my expectations were much higher than 0-3. I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone in that building had expectations of 0 3 heading into the season, right? There's just, again, there's way too much talent. Sometimes, even if you're not clicking on all cylinders, you have enough talent just to figure it out and get a dub. Like a dub here and a dub there. I mean, there's no reason, really, that the Raiders are, are not 2 and 1 at the very least, right? But, but like Raider Mac said, they are because they are what their record says they are, which is 0 3. Uh, I don't think that there's any conversation this during the season. I mean, there might be internal conversations that I'm not privy to and you're not privy to, but I don't think there's any conversations, you know, that are public about, okay, let's go in a different direction if, if this certain W or this certain amount of Ws don't happen right away, right? Now, in the offseason, I mentioned this on the yesterday's show, in the offseason, all bets are off. You know, that's for the evaluators in the building to handle their evaluations, as every company does across America, right? Everyone evaluates everyone at the end of the year. Whenever the end of your, your year comes up, most times, more times than not, you get evaluated. Now, for some reason, when I was at ESPN Central Texas, we ain't never got evaluated. Maybe that's why I was able to stick around so long. They never evaluated me. They, I don't know how I kept, you know, coming up blank on the on the evaluation list. But that I'm still waiting for my first evaluation. I was there ten years, so <laughs> I don't know. I guess I was the only one who started. I, I, I did all right. I did all right. You know, every time the evaluation came by, I went on vacation. <laughs> I'll be back next week, Coach. <laughs> 3.43 is the time. We'll come back, get to some of your text. 69187, keyword R&R. Got plenty to get to. Plus, want you to hear from Pat, Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, and also Mick Lombardi, the offensive coordinator. We'll get to that next on Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. A lot of folks have been tweeting at me, sending me direct messages, sending me text messages of uh, Dan Orlowski on uh, NFL Live talking about Derek Carr and him not throwing the ball, Devontae Adams. And 
it's really difficult for radio. I'd play the soundbite, but it's really difficult for radio to understand what he's saying because he's really slowing it down. He's highlighting Devontae Adams, showing where the ball, in his opinion, should have gone and where the ball, the ball ended up going. So uh, I appreciate all everyone sending them to me, uh, but to play it on the radio wouldn't make any sense because, again, you won't be able to get the gist of it. You'll hear it, but it, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But, uh, you know, it's I guess it's easy on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to slow down a play and, you know, look at where you think the ball's supposed to go and then all of a sudden see a guy open and highlight him and say, see, this is where the ball should have gone. But, again, remember that everything is happening in real speed, not, you know, slowed down, you know, hey, this is where this play goes, this is what the defense is setting you up for, and this, that, and the other. Now, again, that's not me making an excuse at all. That's just letting it be known that it's easy to go back and say, well, I should have, would have, could have done this. Uh, that guy is open. I should have hit that guy, but I didn't. I mean, it's easy. That's what film work is for. So hopefully, you know, when you see that on film, and I'm sure that it's been pointed out by head coach Josh McDaniels, I'm sure it's been po- pointed out by uh, Mick Lombardi that this is actually where the ball should have gone on this play. And I'm hoping, and I think that all of Raider Nation is hoping, that those mistakes or those misses are not misses moving forward and that it's recognized and that's where the ball goes. But uh, again, uh, good looking out on sending it over to me, but to play it on the air wouldn't, again, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense because I don't think most people, I wouldn't understand it if I didn't see it. And so a radio TV was great. <laughs> it's great. The cutups were great for TV, but they're not great for radio. But uh, thank you so much for those. I do appreciate you. We got some uh, texts that I wanted to get to as well. At 69187 keyword r coming up at four o'clock. We have Lincoln Kennedy. Uh, he's on the call. He's there with uh, with Jason Horowitz each and every game. So he had a bird's eye view of what happened on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. So he'll give us his thoughts. We always, on Tuesdays, we always kind of reflect on the game that was with Lincoln. And then on Thursdays, when he joins us at 4 o'clock, we look forward to the next game. So we'll do that on Thursday. We'll talk about the Denver Broncos with Lincoln. But this game, we'll talk about the Tennessee Titans and the Raiders off to their 0-3 start. Uh, got a text. Q, that caller went straight Buster Rhymes and, it tur- and turned it up on y'all. Had me cracking up at work. That's right. That was Raider Fish in Berkeley. And he did hit us back on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187. He says, Raider Fish in Berkeley. My last words were, it's frustrating as hell. LOL. I'm flustered. LOL. So I'm not mad at you. I get it, man. I get it. You know, that's that's what that's what happens sometimes. But, you know, I'm uh I gotta make sure everything is is uh is is, is all good on this end. Let's put it like that. Uh, Mailman Raider says, hey, Q, I'm hearing a lot of people bring up rookie Mac Jones last year in this system. Got it down. Why can't Carr? I look at the Pats last year's schedule, and they started 1-3 and three with one win against the Jets. Then it got turned up. I'm not trying to compare apples to apples, but I think this will go down the same route. And that is something, and Damon, you brought this up earlier today before the show even started. You said, hey, I, I did go back, and I think Robin Oakland sent this text in yesterday and said, a lot of times you go back and look at all those old Patriot teams, they didn't do very well in September, right? Because they were what? You, you brought up what they were doing. They were experimenting. They're adjusting. Like it's, it, you see it all the time, where Bill Belichick led teams. So I'm not saying for Raider fans that you should just say, "Hey, that's how the Patriots used to do it," where they're experimenting mm-hmm. with the rotations on the offensive line and those sort of things. It, it, it to me, it is concerning. But but if you want to go with that, hey, it's a method to the madness. Fine. But it should be concerning that the team is still trying to work themselves out. Like you said, like, hey, they didn't get the pre. This is their preseason. Right. This is the time for the starters to experiment and like, hey, not enough, not enough touch on that. Getting that placement right up. Oh, finding it just where this certain player likes it. They're doing all that in real time in games that right. matter. Right. And that's what I, I hate. Personally, I hate that. I really do. I'd rather the starters play in the preseason and get those reps under their belt. But I understand why they don't. 
Right. I mean, because, again, how many times have we seen an injury and it's like, why was he playing? You know, so it's it, I mean, man, can you imagine just take two steps back and be like, hey, Carl Adams played in the in the preseason and one of the two got injured. Can you imagine what the phone lines would be like if any of those dudes, any of those important dudes like Waller or Carr or Adams or Renfro or Hobbs or, you know, what I mean, any of those dudes got some real deal burn in the preseason and they got injured. The phone lines would be I mean, you wouldn't even be able to pick the phone line up because it'd be so hot. But I think where it's, hey, football is going to be football. Right. Where you see it with Sterling Shepard, where this guy, like, basically they're, the game's over. No, you're right. And then it's just the, the pull-up of that can happen anytime. Exactly. And, and it's obviously, maybe it's more the turf. So do you rather it happen in, in a games, game that matters or a game that doesn't? So obviously you, in a game that matters. You as a Tennessee Titan fan, if Derrick Henry was playing in the preseason and hurt himself and was out for the season— would you be angry or would you be like, well, football happens? Is it in the fourth quarter or is it just the, if it's the if first it's draft? If it's in the preseason if, or yeah, in the well, regular I mean, you season? Gotta, it's got to be. You've got to look I'm at just asking, context. I just want to know. If Derrick Henry got injured in the preseason, was out for the season, would you be angry or would you be like, well, football happens? I'd be football happens. If it's, would you really? Yes. Seriously? Okay. Is it the first game? If it's the first game of the season or the first preseason game, if he's still out for the season, you'd be like, yeah. All right, fair enough. That's that's just if it's no, like, that's fair. That, that's why I, I asked you because me personally, if Devontae Adams were to get injured in the preseason, I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed. I'd be like, why in the hell is he out there playing in the preseason? I was personally pissed when Derek Carr got injured in the Colts game on, on December sixteenth or December twenty fifth in twenty sixteen. Oh, no, not December 25th. Christmas Eve, sorry, 24th. I'm like Raider Fish in Berkeley. I'm flustered. So, uh, <laughs> so no, seriously, I was pissed because the Raiders were up so much. It's like, why was he even in the game? But you don't take a guy out, but just sitting in the stands watching the game and knowing the results of, oh, he's going to miss the rest of the, the, the season, whatever it is, however long it goes, that made me angry. It made everyone in the building angry, right? Everyone who was at the Coliseum that day when Derek Carr broke his ankle was angry because, well, why is he in the game? Why is he throwing the ball when they're up so much on the Colts right now? That's what everybody was saying. So it's like, it's a catch-22. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. But I just know, for me personally, just my liking, i much rather, and I don't want anyone injured ever, but i much rather a guy go out in a game that matters than a game that doesn't. And, it, and at the same breath talking out of both sides of my mouth, which I'm doing right now. I'm, I have no problem admitting that. I wish those guys could get burned so they could be on the same page by the time the regular season comes around. I know that that's wrong to say it on both sides. I get it. I'm admitting fault, right? I'm just being selfish and saying what I personally would want. But what you, what you want, you can't have. I also want to date with J-Lo. And until her and Aflac break up, then, you know, I'm off the, I'm off the grid. Happened once before. I know. <laughs> I know. So you're saying there's a chance. 3.55 is the time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number three. Lincoln Kennedy will join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.